This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. Welcome to the program. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the uh, phone number. It's uh, Pat and Stu. Um, well, it's actually hi. It's actually me and him today. Uh, Pat is uh, sick, and uh, he'll be out. I don't know today, tomorrow, maybe a couple days. I don't know. He does not seem like he's doing very well. I know. It's it's weird. You as the least healthy person. Um, <laughs> I just get up and plow through, though. Doesn't make any difference. That's probably why we all get sick all the time, because you come in here with your little diseases and spread them around to the masses. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're not sorry. <laughs> um, but I do appreciate you at least feigning uh, that you're sorry a little bit. Oh, I, Stu, the last thing I want to do is make you sick. The worst part is we keep, you know, like I had to leave the show early on uh, Thursday. Uh, Pat's out today. And you're the one everyone wants to be out all the time. Like, they're like, hey, can you not have Jeffy? Uh, and then it, things keep happening to us. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. I, I did I, tragic uh, circumstances says. on Thursday, unfortunately. I did lose my, my little dog, Phoebe, uh, which uh, sucks really badly. And it was a very, it was a sucky weekend, uh, to be no, perfectly honest. We were taking down, uh, I finally talked my wife into taking down some of the Christmas decorations. Okay, that seems appropriate and, uh, as we're almost in February. Not, and, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to start a nuclear war here. I'm but there's a, there was an old Christmas card hanging because we keep the cards. we got to hang them up every year mm-hmm. and the new cards and stuff. And it's, it's really sweet and nice. And, but one of them was of uh, you and uh, Lisa and Phoebe uh, from yeah. uh, 100 years ago. And I thought, oh, see, that dog's been around as long as I've known you. I know. It's I mean, she no was doubt. 16 years old. I know. Uh, obviously, we knew something was going to happen that's relatively near future. Uh, but she powered through a lot of stuff, uh, cancer, and uh, she, one of her eyeballs removed, and uh, I mean, this dog. It's not, it's not funny. You know? No, it's it's, not it's, funny it sucks. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a pretty good place on it in that, like, we did good. everything we could possibly do. Right. Uh, my wife is not having a very good time uh, oh, with boy. it, um, you know, just because it's, uh, you Seemed know, it like sucks. she was coming around a little bit yesterday. Yeah, she is. I mean, I mean slowly, I saw a couple surely. of her. Yeah, slowly but surely. A couple of social media posts that made it seem like she was coming around. And these things are so much worse when you have kids and that, like, you know, my kids are young enough where they're not 
like it's it didn't hit them in a necessarily terrible way that you'd expect a, a, a lost yeah. pet to hit a kid, um, but it's just talking to them about it and and I mean it's 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 just the whole thing sucks. Um, and in addition to that, I missed the pie because uh, we were scheduled to have a segment that was where I was going to eat a lot of pie on the show, and I missed that segment. Um, in fact, it was not only was I supposed to eat. The pie. It was the pie place that I recommended. I know. And I will say, I, you know, look, what little bit of pie I had Thursday, I don't know that I could honestly say that it was as good as what you said it was. So normally I wouldn't do this, Stu, but I'm willing to, you know, have another segment again sometime this week just to, you know, with you here, of course, to see if if it is as, as good as you said. You know, sometimes I think you're a real jerk, but... Uh, I'm willing to go that, out on a limb and try it again. And then we can see if you were right. Okay, good. So, anyway, thank you for all you... Uh, everybody who reached out and, and was nice on, on the social medias. The, the four nice messages I get per year on social media. <laughs> thank you for sending them, uh, and I do really appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it is... It is family member level stuff uh, at times, uh, and it's you know you know it just sucks. I I don't you know I'm not good with these things anyway, Um, but uh, I do appreciate everybody you know being cool. Um, You know that that is uh, that does help you get through it, I guess. And and I I, I guess in in the world of social media, it's one of the positives. You notice I noticed it certainly it certainly was therapy for my wife this weekend. You know she posts something, everyone responds, really nice things. They suggest things that have helped them through the same situation. They share their stories, and I think it helps you kind of work through that process, right? Oh, I was amazed at all the uh, as I was looking at some of the posts from your wife and reading the responses, and everybody's got their own little animal story from. Throughout the years, and uh, the first time, and the second time, it's just—I mean—it sucks. And and this is one of those too, where uh, you know I had I had you know pets that died when I was young, um, you, you know pets you have as a kid, and that's really traumatic. This is like you know my dog, you know, and right. you know this this spans basically the my entire relationship with my wife right. for the very yeah. very first early dating period. I mean, it's like the whole that's thing. I've, I've talked about that um, car, but I, I'm not joking. That kind of dog's been around as long oh, yeah. as you and I've known I mean, each other. We got that dog <laughs> a couple months after we moved to Florida during the mess of the 2000 election. Um, as we started, um, you know, as I moved to Florida to, to start working with Jeffy. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's a real positive memory from that period. And then also the Jeffy part, um, which, you know, yeah, well, really just ruined. Just throw it to you. You can hit yeah, no, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's what I do here, right? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's been a long time. So that's a really, it's a huge part of your life. No kidding. It's basically, uh, to paraphrase Michelle Obama, my entire adult life, uh, for the first time, uh, I've lost a pet. Uh, so it's, it's just hard and it just sucks. But we still have two dogs and, and um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how they react. That's another big part of it. Uh, when you lose a dog, it's like you want to see, you know, is your other dog going to be sad? And, and, and uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. How do you judge those things? It's a dog. Uh, it does not. Com- it does not confirm, or it doesn't answer my questions very well. I'll tell you that. What kind of dogs do you have? <laughs> no, I gotta get them checked out. Man. Uh, that's the big problem. Uh, so anyway, again, thank you for uh, reaching out. Uh, we have. Uh, there was some news, of course, uh, this weekend, as there is all the time. This is a new thing in our country, in which, basically, the president of the United States, and before this, one of the main candidates for president of the United States, gets to define what the news cycle is every morning at six o'clock. Every day. Um, it's incredible. I mean, basically everything this guy says is the main story every day. Every day. I um, mean, it's just a. It's a whatever. Whatever he's tweeting at 5 a.m., news. That's the day. 
It's the day. Take it away. Run away. Go with it. And everyone blabs about it all day. And then when that thing is over, they just, just launch a new one. I mean, the guy's able to essentially tweet and direct the media, which is, I know, something that the, that the his supporters really like. I mean, it, you know, you don't get bogged down. However, he definitely lost control of the media cycle this weekend with this, uh, let's call it the Muslim ban for purposes of exploiting how ridiculous uh, that phrase is as applied here. It really is not a Muslim ban. Um, I think, you know, the overwhelming majority of Muslims would still be uh, eligible to come here. Yes. It's got to be something, something in the neighborhood of 90 to 95 percent of all Muslims in America would still be eligible to come here. I mean, it's I don't know the exact number. There's probably 120, 130 million Muslims mm-hmm. who would be affected by this. I've seen that there was actually um, 100. I think the Huffington Post with the most alarmist uh, headline of the whole thing <laughs> said Trump bans 134 million people from the U.S. Okay. Now, so let's say Good. that's got to be the Muslims in those seven countries. I'm assuming that number. So we'll take that number uh, for, for the moment. There's how many Muslims in, in the world? You know, uh, 1.3 billion. So, I mean, okay. maybe, you know, 10%. Maybe 10. Um, maybe. And again, it's not, it's not a ban um, for, of all Muslims. Um, it, is, uh, it is something where they hit a, very couple, a few very specific things. And we'll go through them here in a minute. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead. We will go through them. But yeah. I, I just I find it frustrating that it, it, overall, it's a good thing, but the way that it was handled, and I know that we'll go through it and, yeah. and cover it, but it was just it was bundled so wrong. And I sat there this weekend, Saturday evening and all day yesterday, and I'm, I'm listening and watching some of this, and I, I'm amazed at, A, how it's being reported, and, B, how they handled it. It's unbelievable. It is. Both of those things. I mean, there's a lot of uh, incompetence uh, here. I, I couldn't believe um, it. Uh, much of it from the media, a lot of it from the Trump administration. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be honest about it, and I know a lot of people don't, um, you know, this was handled as if complete amateurs did it. I mean, no I, kidding. I, it was uh, this, this is a somewhat um, understandable piece of policy as delivered by complete and utter boobs. I mean, I, that, <laughs> yes. the only way to describe it. Now, it's not written that way. No, it I mean, is not. The way they handled it, um, and, you know, the early reporting is early reporting, so I give you that. But the fact that many of the people that were key to this did not hear about it in advance, were hearing about it as he was signing it on television, right. the fact that it hadn't even trickled down enough to the people at the airports who had any idea how to implement this policy or how to make these judgments, they had no specifics on what they were supposed to do, uh, and how you were supposed to handle the people who violated this. Uh, or, you know, uh, I think it was, uh, do I have it here? Charles uh, Cook, Cook from uh, um, National Review. Do you have that tweet in front of you by any chance? I do not, but um, I was going to tell you he, uh, Trump's art. Go ahead with Charles. Quickly, he said something effective. If they would have just alerted the right people, Oh, here it is, right here. If Trump had set an effective date, briefed by the DH, briefed the DHS, exempted those in transit, and excluded green card holders, he'd have been fine. I think that's probably true. Absolute, it's it's absolutely really not true. even a big deal outside of those things, but he handed on a silver platter the media with an obvious narrative, with, with crowds, with children coming into the country, not being able to be reunited with their parents, <laughs> with, with like people, generals who helped us in war are stuck at airports for hours. It just, again, you know, Kellyanne Conway, we have a clip. Let's watch Kellyanne Conway here real quick. And she makes a somewhat legitimate point in part of this. But, I mean, the problem is you don't hand these things to the media unless you have to. Watch. 
So uh, we just heard President Trump say it's all working out very nicely. But in fact, as we've seen, there are protests across the country and now federal judges have stepped in uh, to at least temporarily, temporarily block deportation of people who would come in who are banned from coming in under his order. Shouldn't that have been worked out before this order went into effect? The judge in Brooklyn, the Obama appointee judge in Brooklyn's uh stay of order really doesn't affect the executive order at all because the executive order is meant to be prospective. It's preventing, not detaining. And so you're talking about 325,000 people from overseas came into this country just yesterday through our airports. It's 325,000. You're talking about 300 and some who have been detained or are prevented from gaining access to an aircraft in their home countries and must stay for now. That's 1%. And I think in terms of the upside being greater protection of our borders, of our people, it's a small price to pay. I am told by the officials that anyone has been detained, if there's no further threat, if they're not dangerous to this country, they can expect to be released in due course, as most of them have already. I mean, that's a freedom versus security argument that uh, would make uh, our founders very uncomfortable. Um, I, and and it's, that's, look, that's a BS number. I mean, there weren't 325,000 people who came from the countries affected by this ban. I mean, yes, 325,000 people came here, I guess. I mean, we're, that's an estimate, obviously, but came here from overseas. But that does not, you didn't ban everyone from overseas. You no, banned you did from not. seven countries. What about those people? And Again, it, but I think the point stands, even though it's a BS number that it was a small percentage of people who were largely just inconvenienced for a few hours, and it's not the worst thing in the world. What the media is making it out to be is if it's essentially Nazi Germany all over again, <laughs> and there's no, it's not what happened. You know, we, if we don't have the right to slightly inconvenience people um, because uh, of our immigration policy, then we, we probably don't have an immigration policy. The point is, though, you don't hand this to the media. You know, you people coming in, five-year-old children that can't be connected to their parents for multiple hours is a stupid way to let this policy go uh, happen. And they didn't inform people ahead of time. They didn't consult with people the way they wrote it. They didn't let anyone know ahead of time how to implement it. And that's the problem, yes. right? I mean, even Trump's... Uh, tweet from uh, of a four hours ago, so it was a this morning tweet. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, if the ban were announced with a one-week notice, the bad, in parentheses, would rush into our country during that week. A lot of bad dudes, in parentheses, not parentheses, but out there, quotes, right? or in quotation yeah. marks, yeah, quotation marks, uh, out there, why, exclamation why is, point. I mean, this is the most so, bothersome thing of the administration. Why is dudes in quotes there? There's no reason. <laughs> There's no reason for bad to be in quotes. On top of which, that's the whole point. Uh, he didn't need two weeks or a week. How about, I don't know, a couple of days? Well, How I mean, about, again, you know, this is what we're going to do I, you Monday. You don't have to make a national announcement about it. I understand. First of all, it's a dumb point. The refugees, as much as we don't think the screening process is thorough enough, they do have to go through it. You can't say, oh, in a week I'm not going to be able to go. I better go now. That's not the <laughs> right. way it works for Syrian refugees. There's a process that usually lasts a couple of years. Now, whether it's thorough enough is a whole other story. People who have gone through it claim it's damn thorough. Uh, but, I mean, it might not be right. You know, yeah. it's one thing to have a lot of people interviewing you and going through a process. The other thing is, how do you actually go deeper than that and, yeah. and, and, and weed out the people? However, all that being said, you don't have to tell America. Just tell the people that matter, the people who are, I don't know, implementing the process, the, the managers. Now, you're right. It might leak out in some way if you were to do that. But okay. that's part of it. Unless you want it to act like this and then 
you're, you get beat up uh, by the media, yes. And that's not something you make policy based on if you're going to be beat up by the media. I mean, we're already seeing this policy, which is a generally sensible policy. It's a generally yeah. sensible way to address the things he was elected to do. And so I don't think it's the policy as written is not horrific. But there is an issue there where now the policy is being viewed in a completely different light. It's being and they have the visuals to back it up. Uh, they have the stories to back it up. They have all the sob stories they need to vilify this generalized policy. Boy, no kidding. And the, which that, most people agree with. And the, this weekend with the Delta Airlines, uh, when they were all protesting at the airports, and the Delta Airlines had their IT uh, issues and had people not flying, and the airports looked so full, made it, you know, the, yeah. that visual of, it made it even look worse. It was bad for as far as the visual goes. <laughs> but they, look. Even now, if he goes back and says, all right, you know what? You're right. I'll, I'll rescind it. If something bad happens. Well, you know. I mean, he's, Trump can go, I told you. Yeah, you keep worrying. You know, people keep worrying about like, oh, you know, is Donald you. Trump a fascist and all of these other things? Like, you know, you want to talk about a crackdown on society. If somebody who should have been uh, covered by oh. this uh, comes in and does something, um, I mean, it's going to be this time. How much? hundred? You know, I mean, it's not going to, oh. he's going to, and this is why I don't like the idea of setting a precedent of agreeing with these executive orders from any president of any party. We opposed it with George W. Bush. We opposed it with Barack Obama, and we're going to oppose it with Donald Trump. Executive orders is not how you run an American government. That is not how you're supposed to do it. I don't care if it's too hard for you to go through Congress. I don't care if you don't think you can get the votes in Congress. I don't care if you think, well, amending the Constitution is too difficult. So what? It's supposed to be difficult. You're not supposed to be able to do these things by having a little ceremony with yourself and your four closest friends in the Oval Office. That is not how this country is supposed to be run. And, you know, Trump, we all know this, whether you like the guy or not, has no connection nor any care about how the Constitution works oh, or how please. it operates or how it's supposed to be affected. Means zero um, to so, him. Yeah, I mean, it's just not important. Zero. He wants to get things done. He wants to run the country like a CEO, which to him means doing whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want. You guys go back uh, to your little Congress thing and do whatever you got to do, but uh, we're going this way. Yeah, I mean, as evidence with this, do we have the, the Giuliani thing by any chance in here? I think we do. The, Giuliani, uh, yes, we do. Uh, again, this... This is how you do whatever you want to do um, uh, and not care about the process. Because, you know, I look at this executive order and there's a lot. He has wide berth with immigration rules um, uh, as, as, as the president of the United States. He can do a lot of things through executive order uh, legally. But look at how this, according to Rudy Giuliani, how this process occurred. Does the ban have anything to do with religion? How did the president decide the seven countries? Uh, I understand the permanent ban on the refugees. Okay. Uh, and, okay, talk to me. I'll tell you the whole history of it. So right. when he first announced it, he said Muslim ban. He called me up. He said, put a commission together. Show me the right way to do it legally. I put a commission together with Judge Mukasey, with Congressman McCall, Pete King, whole group of other very expert lawyers on this. And what we did was we focused on, instead of religion, danger. The right. air areas of the world that create danger for us, which is a factual basis, good, not a religious good. basis. Perfectly legal, perfectly sensible, and that's what the ban is based on. 
It's not based what, what on you... religion. It's based on places where there are substantial evidence that people are sending terrorists into our country. I mean, you know, again, this is Donald Trump not he wanted to get rid of he did wanted to ban Muslims from coming in the country. He went to Giuliani. Find me a legal way to do it. That's how Barack Obama ran his administration. I didn't approve of it Forever. then. And yep. I don't approve of it now. That's not the right way to do these things. Um, and also, I mean, if he really wanted a Muslim ban, which, I mean, who knows? We're trusting Giuliani here. I don't know. Maybe he has a story wrong. Um, but, I mean, as far as the, it's written, it's really not written as a Muslim ban. And you want to want well, a great way for President Obama to prove that to America and to the media is to say that in many of these countries, Shia is uh, Muslims are the religious minority, and they would yeah. not be uh, barred from coming into the country based on that. Because this thing says, if you are a religious minority that is being persecuted, you can be uh, used, uh, imported as a, as a, uh, as a refugee uh, under this note. To me, the way I read it, for example, in Syria. Now, Syria is a little bit weird, but you know, I'm just using it as an example because there's more in the executive order specifically about Syria. But one of the countries is Syria. There's 74% Sunni Muslim, 13% Shia Muslim, okay, as, as right. far as their okay. country makeup. 80, it's about 90% Muslim country. Um, if you were to say Shia Muslims were able to be uh, imported into the country based uh, through this executive order, I think, A, it's consistent with the text, and B, would be uh, quite a step to say, wait a minute, this isn't a Muslim ban. We're only saying that uh, this is an easy step for him to take. Now, whether he actually lets any of them get through this process is a whole other story. I mean, he doesn't, you know, that's a whole other thing. Um, I don't know that he would, to be honest. I don't know that he'd be saying this honestly. But if he wanted to actually prove this was true, I think it's a very defensible thing that is consistent with the text of the executive order. You know, Shia Muslims in, in, in some of these countries are, are the able. Minority. Yeah, they are the minority and, in fact, the victims of many of these oppressive regimes. Um, we've said that we've heard this from people all the time, that Muslims are the victims of, uh, of terrorist attacks. And they are the biggest victims numbers-wise of terrorist attacks around the world. Uh, because Muslims a lot of times say you're not Muslim enough and kill them too. And, of course, they're the most <laughs> populous people in the general vicinity of, of where these attacks are usually happening, so they wind up being the biggest number. Yep. So that would be an interesting thing, and I, and I, I would be interested to see someone ask Sean Spicer that, because um, it's, it's an easy way for him to get out of this trouble if he cares to. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I think it's a... It's a, it's a does he care to? I don't know if he cares to. Part of me thinks he does this stuff because he wants people to be talking about yes. him all the time, and, and they will. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, and again, I say this as somebody who I honestly believed and do believe that his initial policy on this issue was abhorrent. And I, you know, I honestly think it was terrible and unconstitutional. And you know, if if he tried to implement that policy today, I would be fighting at it, against it full force. That policy that he announced, you know, like an idiot at the press conference when he was reading his own statement, which it's like, if it's your statement, just say it. You're reading your own statement for him. That statement, that policy was not this policy. It's completely different. It is largely in line with previous presidents. Which leads me to believe that Giuliani was telling the truth. I mean, that's what they did. That's they, they, there was no, there's no question about it. He went, he went and said, find me a way. Right, and that, but that, he didn't find a way to a Muslim ban. This is not a Muslim ban. Um, you know, the way he announced it initially was a, I think, an abhorrent policy. Uh, this is 
a policy that, while I think you could disagree with it, I think you can say, you know what, this isn't really going to do any good. You could certainly find parts of it where, well, hey, why didn't you go after Saudi Arabia or Egypt or any of these other countries that have actually had terrorists coming yeah. here and killing people? Well, why didn't you do that? You could expand it. Why, you know, refugees have not been the source of murder in this country. Um, at least as far as terrorist attacks go. Obviously, some surely have uh, committed murders. But, I mean, Cuban um, uh, refugees pre-1980 had a few. Uh, you know, there have been people looking for asylum, which is different than refugee status. Uh, that uh, ha that happened in, you know, with the Boston bombing. We know that. Um, the Ohio State was a, ref a refugee, but no one died in that attack. There are, there are asterisks all over that statement. Right. But the point is, there are lots of things you can pick apart from this and say, well, it won't really be effective, or he should have done it a different way. But the policy of itself, look, this is not, this is not Nazi Germany. It's not. It's just simply not. These levels are consistent with previous presidents. Um, it's within his legal, as we understand it today, um, purview to control immigration policy. Yeah, I mean, we've let it slide for a number of years now, whatever. It's, yeah. it's all in his purview. That's why, um, and it just, it's why I can't believe how um, dumb it was laid out. <laughs> I really can't. From me, yeah. from me, how dumb it was. It's unbelievable to me. And they've got, I mean, they actually, with the turmoil that they've got going on at the State Department alone, would make lead me to believe, you know, take a couple days anyway and just lay it out there. This is what we're going to do. Get everybody in place and then put the card on the table. Nope. Nope. We're just going to do it. Yeah, just throw it out there. Throw he'll, it deal out there. With the, he'll deal with the oh, arrows. Oh, that's and... right. We should have thought of that. Oh, oh, oh well, sorry. Yeah, you know, and we need to take a break. But, but specifically, what's interesting about this one is I think Donald Trump has convinced himself with abundant evidence that he can spin the media into letting at least his followers believe anything he says. So has when so he has this crap going on with, uh, with, you know, with a disaster, a bad rollout, he just says, ah, it wasn't a big deal and the media is against me. And 80, 90% of his followers will, will, will adopt that uh, viewpoint. I was watching a cable news network this morning. It was as if the, uh, the uh, Trump administration was on television giving you every excuse <laughs> I read on Twitter from the weekend. I mean, it's, uh, it was unbelievable the lengths they will go to to defend this guy. When there is some criticism here, there's, does not mean he's a bad president yet. Does not mean that he's done any, you know, anything that is uh, horrifically well, awful on Nazi bad, Germany though, levels. Fake news. But God forbid you just fake say news. that, you know what, maybe executive order isn't a great way of doing this, A, and B, if you're going to do it that way, you should consult with the people that know what they're doing. You know, you don't just have some guy from freaking Breitbart write it up for you. And it just does not seem like they, uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Did we elect President Bannon? I, I can't remember. There is some level of criticism that uh, is supposed to be laid on a president, Republican or Democrat. And some people just need to get used to that. I mean, it's just going to happen. 888-727-BECK is the uh, phone number. Uh, Pat is out today. Um, he is uh, homesick. Um, That's what he says, anyway. <laughs> you don't believe him? I don't know. I don't know if it's fake news or not. <laughs> you think it might be fake it news could that be Pat fake is news. sick? No. It's possible. He could be. You know, Pat's known for uh, you know, occasional... Uh, <laughs> Weekend I mean, partying Oh, trips. my God. Uh, he could easily be just hungover. Um, <laughs> but probably not. Uh, take a positive step towards self-reliance uh, with my Patriot Supply. We tell you about this every day. Uh, this is uh, great food. It tastes like home cooking and lasts up to, what is it, 25 years? Uh, so you don't have to refresh it all the time. You don't have to. And one of the things Pat always talked about, I think you remember this, Jeffy, 
is uh, <laughs> you have to you could you had to rotate rotate the all the, rotate the bags of wheat rotate the bags of uh, hay straw whatever straw. you were saving whatever you were saying I don't know that uh, uh, my Patriot Supply has. Uh, ba- bales of straw? No, they do not. Uh, for you to keep? Uh, but not, they do not last 25 years. No. Just so you know. So that was the thought. You get all this food storage, you'd line it up, and you would, over time, eat, you know, year, whatever food was oldest before it went bad, you'd have to eat that during the year, and then you'd have to replace it at the other end, and you'd constantly be rotating oh. this food. And then you're eating food that you don't really like. Uh, that's not my Patriot supply. You, you buy it once, you got it for 25 years. For example, they got a four-week food supply for $99 right now. And that includes free shipping as well. Um, so you're not going to get hit on that end. And the, then you just keep it there for, tw- you got 25 years before you have to think about eating it. However, if you want to eat it, it's good food and you'll enjoy it. It's not like barley. I never feel like, I know this is a surprise about food, but I never feel that I have enough of my Patriot Supply. And other food as well, but my Patriot Supply specifically. Because every time I go into the room where we keep it, I'm like, just not enough. Yeah, once you get into it, you can, you can really, I mean, and that's the good thing about my Patriot Supply is they can walk you through a lengthy process. You want to do a month, you want to do, uh, uh, you know, a year, you want to do multiple years, they can get all of it for you at the best prices you're going to find. The point is, is to get started. Yeah, get started. 888-411-5290 is the number. 888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. Preparewiththeblaze.com. All right, welcome back. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck. We're working through some of this uh, coverage of the immigration uh, issue from this weekend, and this is one of the. If you want to have a problem with this, this is where you can have the problem. For example, this is amazing from the New York Times. General John F. Kelly, the Secretary of Homeland Security, had dialed in from a Coast Guard plane and he's headed back from Washington to Miami, along with other top officials. He needed guidance from the White House, which had not asked his department for a legal review of the order. So you don't ask the Department of Homeland Security to be involved in this at all with how this is going to be, uh, well, how the process is going to be written up. But okay, maybe that's what this call is about. Yeah, I think so. Halfway into the briefing, someone on the call looked up at the television in his office. The president is signing the executive order that we're discussing, the official said, stunned. They were briefing Homeland Security as it was being signed. (laughs) Now, look, that is not the way to get this to operate smoothly. You would expect major problems, and if he continues to do this sort of thing, I mean, it's going to wind up causing him more harm than good. There's no reason why you couldn't have told your Department of Homeland Security chief that what you were doing and get his guidance on it. That's why you put the guy in the role. Right, that's the whole point. I mean, that's the point, to be able to say, look, you know, if we do this, uh, we might want to think about, uh, oh, I don't know, taking care of this first. Let's take care of this first. Yeah, and, and that was the thing, is they were getting pushback. I know uh, there's another uh, anecdote in here, and it's going to take me probably too long to find it, but basically talks about how they went to, um, they went to the uh, discussions with this, and, and the way it was interpreted, and I think consistent with the way it's written, is that people with green cards, uh, permanent residents of the United States, would still be allowed. Still to, fine. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. still fine. They're permanent residents. They're fine. Um, okay. Uh, and Bannon... Uh, along with uh, Miller, they're two top policy guys. I now guess that's the band, and he's the guy that some people think we elected president. Is that what you said earlier? It does seem like that is the uh, current state of our is. country. Uh, Bannon seems to be president, which, by the way, uh, goes with with the bad comes the good. There's some good things that have happened, I think, because of that process as well. Yes. I just wish he was on the ticket, and we could have, I don't know, maybe <laughs> voted for him if Trump was going to let him do everything. Um, but anyway, he overruled uh, the uh, 
the objections of other highly appointed and, and uh, people from the Trump administration and those who have expertise in this particular era and said, no, you know what, the green card people too. So that was one big cause of the problem. Um, now, they've seen, since have backed up, backed off on that uh, for what it's worth. Oh, that was probably not, that was probably kind of dumb, huh? You think? I mean, that was pretty stupid. Um, so let's uh, look at the actual details of this. We did this a little bit on radio as well, but let's go through it um, in case you don't know. Um, uh, now, this I, again, find kind of interesting from the source. This is uh, from David French. If you don't know who David French is, he's the guy from National Review who almost ran for president against Donald Trump as a conservative, like kind of the Evan McMullen <laughs> role, right? This is conservative third option. He's I forgot not a Trump about fan. that. Not a Trump fan. Um, here are the uh, key provisions. First, uh, the order temporarily, temporarily halts refugee admissions for 120 days to improve the vetting process, then caps refugee ad, uh, admissions at 50,000 per year. So you're going to take 120 days. We're not taking any refugees. I think that's a, a blanket statement. Does not mean just Muslims. Does not mean anything. It just means nobody for four months. No one. Um, so you know okay. you might not like that. However, uh, the the cap is still set at 50,000 per year. So the cap in and of itself could still be filled in the eight months remaining. Sure. Um, and they're going to obviously attempt to up the vetting process in some way. Now, um, how that 50,000 number, is that crazy? It is not. Um, to give you kind of a sense, do we have the graph from this chart by any chance? Uh, 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 we don't have that. Um, there's a, well, let's see, do I have it in the actual article as it's printed? Yeah, out? I have one there. You have it? Can you show yeah, it? Yeah. This is a pretty interesting graph, again, from, uh, from National Review. Um, and it actually comes from the Migration Policy Institute. Uh, can we get a shot of that by any chance? So if you see that line, uh, don't shake it like a moron. Um, if you see that line, <laughs> you see the line here. Let me uh, let me play with it a little bit. See this line around here. This is about fifty thousand right here. So if you see throughout this period, it was sometimes under fifty thousand during the Bush administration, and just slightly above it in most years during the Obama administration. This does not show twenty sixteen, um, uh, where Obama increased the immigration um, standards a lot. But I think that's the point of this. Please. You're not Vanna Sorry, White. I, you're, I will say you're no Vanna White. Um, 2002, United States only did 27,000 um, uh, refugees. Uh, re uh, admitted fewer than 50,000 in 2003, 2006, and 2007. Under uh, President Obama in 2011 and 2012, he admitted barely over 50,000 himself. Uh, the rate is close to the average of the last 15 years uh, before Obama's big increase last year. And this is the key takeaway. Obama's expansion in 2016 was a departure from the norm, not Trump's contraction. Big point there, and important for you to understand. Um, secondarily, uh, we have a temporary 90-day ban of people entering the U.S. from Iraq, Syria, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. Those seven countries come from um, various sources, but uh, this, let's see, I've got the article right over here somewhere. Here it is. Uh, DHS announces further travel restrictions from the visa waiver program. The visa waiver program was restricted by the Obama administration twice in 2015 and 2016, the result of which were these seven countries. Uh, again, it's uh, Syria, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. Those seven specific countries, almost definitely why they pulled those seven because they knew they'd have a, uh, a backup from the Obama administration. It would be tough for anyone to say, uh, wait a minute, those seven countries are fine. The Obama administration already identified them as not so fine. Right. Um, so they restricted uh, a 90-day ban on people entering. So that's everybody, not just refugees. No one can come in with, uh, from citizenship with those countries. Now, that does hit with uh, hit some serious problems um, there because there are many people who have 
who are very good people who have Sudan, who come from Sudan or Somalia um, and are here, people who have worked with our military, people who are in high profile. I know there's an NBA player, I think on the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, that, uh, that actually has resident, or is from Sudan, I think. Um, and the theory is that if he were to go play the Toronto Raptors in Toronto, he would he not be able, able to, to cross the in. border again right. um, because of this restriction. Now, of course, that is also addressed in the actual executive order, which says secretaries of state and Homeland Security may, on a case-by-case basis, and when the national, in, in, in national interest, issue visas or other immigration benefits to nationals of countries for which visas and benefits are otherwise blocked. So again, what they're saying is, yes, it's a ban. However, we'll make exceptions for... You know, a lot, you know, whoever, you know, we don't think is a problem. Now, again, that is a difficult thing to say. When you say something like that, well, like, for example, does the NBA player serve the national interest? I mean, probably not. I mean, not, not technically, but we don't think he's of any no, problem. He's not a, right, he's not a harm. Right, we don't think so, at least. I mean, who knows? I don't know the guy, but he certainly seems, I'm sure, to be, uh, you know, he's, I made an NBA roster. I doubt uh, uh, there's a huge terrorism problem there, but maybe there is. I don't know. Um, you know, basketball ability and terrorism, not necessarily mutually exclusive. <laughs> um, so I guess technically we could have like a 7-4 guy walking down the street with a machine gun. I've never seen it happen, but it's possible. Uh, the issue here, it though, is, is he can make exceptions for those people. The, the general, the, kid, the five-year-old kid coming back to see his family who are residents, yes, you could probably find uh, exceptions for those people. Um, however... Once again, they didn't set out a way to do that sensibly and logically. So you have this issue where now people in airports are trying to figure this out on the fly, and that's why it was such a disaster. And with no directive at all. Right. It's agonizing. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, third. third, Trump's uh, order also puts an indefinite hold on admission of Syrian refugees to the United States. So Syria is out. And I mentioned Syria before uh, with certain types of refugees. They're out for good, at least indefinitely. Um, now, it's not a huge difference from where we, we have stood. Um, 2016, the Obama administration Im- imported 13,000 Syrian refugees. However, that was the first time he was anywhere close to that number. The previous policy of the Obama administration was basically to let no Syrian refugees into the country. I'll give you the, ex- the numbers here. 2011 is when the civil war started Syri- in Syria. We only imported 29 total refugees from Syria. Think of that. 2012, it was 31. 2013, 36. 2014, 105. We started increasing in 2015, where we hit low uh, four digits, 1,682, and then 13,000. So once again, Obama's 2016 was the exception to the rule, not the rule. So uh, Trump is saying, hey, let's go back basically to 2013 President Obama. Uh, you know, that, that whole thing, I don't know how old you were, Jeffy. Uh, in, <laughs> in 2013? In 2013, you know, second term Obama. It seems like so long ago. Um, well, it sure does. So, but it isn't, actually. Um, again, Obama did the crazy thing that was out of the norm here, not uh, Trump. And again, as you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of Trump's. Fourth, there is a, uh, an odd amount of outrage. Um, no, you meant Obama. Uh, either. You said I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of either. Um, uh, but again, these things, I hope you've realized this by watching this show and listening to radio. It's important to us to try to tell you the truth, uh, as we understand it, whether we like the person or not. How yeah, many times I mean, we have want we, everyone I, to do a good job. I have defended the people I think are complete dirtbags. I mean, I would say not Jeffy, but not, I have never defended Jeffy, but I mean, other than Jeffy, I will defend pretty much anybody who I believe is in the right. There's a lot of people who are. 
in the right on certain instances, but are complete dirtbags. And I will back those people up when, when they are correct. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. I don't have high hopes for his administration. I do think some things will improve and some things will get worse. Uh, but uh, he defer deserves defense on this. Uh, Boy, however, I've been doing it for too long. We're going to take a break. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the uh, number. That's enough. We can't. We back, can't. Back we can't talk, talk good about him anymore. Well, the other That's parts it. quickly as we're going to break here. Uh, you know, he prioritized religious minorities. That's very standard as far as immigration. Uh, the Obama seemed to do the opposite, where he would let less Christians in. Uh, than, uh, than were the population of the country. And that's another change that I think most people would, would cheer. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the number. Jeffy, uh, did you see the, the Chuck Schumer cryathon? You know what? I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the. Uh, I didn't see it live. Very disappointed. Mm -hmm. But as I'm reading some of it, some of it I kind of agree with. Uh, douche Hall of Fame member Chuck Schumer, uh, Charles Chuck Schumer. Mm -hmm. uh, he started out with uh, this executive order was mean spirited and not American. And well, you know, okay, Chuck. Um, um, yeah. He surrounded himself, of course, by families uh, that were affected by the ban. It was implemented in a way, this is what the thing that I agree with, it was implemented in a way that created chaos and confusion across the country, and it will only serve to embolden and inspire those around the globe who will do us harm. Okay. But then, as he went on, he announced... Oh, no. Are you getting, uh, are you okay? I'm starting, to, I'm starting to break up, Stu, because we are working on legislation to overturn President Trump's oh, controversial no. executive order. <laughs> oh no, this is terrible. Temporarily banning, banning immigration from seven predominantly Muslim countries. Uh, Myself you... and others are working on legislation right now. <laughs> oh no. To stop this horrible, this horrible, horrible executive order from President Trump. This is very dramatic. <sighs> I'm so sad for you, Jeffy. You're really taking this one hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I mean, Come on, Chuck. Trump is coming out today Stop. calling it fake tears, which I, I think it was. I mean, oh, I, you know, look, I, I, you know, he's playing it up. I don't know. Maybe he really believes it. Who knows? Um, but I mean, the, the Democrats good. were not always in this position. They were not always uh, taking these really? stances. Yeah, they used to huh. have a different position on the issue of immigration. Watch this flashback footage. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. Huh. Hmm. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. Oh, no. <laughs> the public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting right. twice as many oh, criminal yeah. aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. Yeah. It is wrong and ultimately I mean, self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. But, oh, what? Standing ovation. Oh, look at that. That is 
amazing. Amazing. I mean, first thing you notice is the terminology, illegal aliens, which is, uh, you know, no, no longer allowed. You cannot say that ever. Uh, now it's undocumented citizens. Um, but, I mean, beyond that, I mean, this used to be something that everyone agreed with. You'll yeah. notice that right now, the guy who's so tough on immigration essentially has the Democrat view of the mid-90s. I mean, Donald Trump essentially has the same view as, I mean, he's the same. All those things were things that he's talking about doing. Um, That's why... <laughs> I'm so happy that Chuck Schumer and some of his some of his fellow senators are working on legislation I right know. now no. to uh, to stop President Trump's this horrific immigration ban. Well, let's give you a moment to compose yourself and take a break. Triple so Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone. <laughs> it's okay, Jeffy. Uh, someone has got to do something, Stu. Well, someone has got a... to do something about Donald Trump, President Trump's immigration plan. You just you, you're such a Some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Yeah, just a second. I'm looking something up here real quick. While you're doing that, uh, <laughs> let me uh, no, that's alert. Fine. Welcome to the Patton Stew Show. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Seriously. And a quick update on the uh, General Mattis uh, is now drafting a list of individuals who would be exempt from the travel ban, likely to include interpreters, etc., uh, that comes, uh, that's from Jesse Rodriguez who tweeted that. Um, <laughs> would that be something you do before you sign no, it? No, let's do that, stupid. Would that potentially be something you'd plan for before you roll it out across the country? Why would you do that? Just a quick suggestion. Why yes, what do you got, Jeffy? Do well, according to uh, the LA Times, two California state senators, both Democrats, are seeking to expand the number of genders officially available for birth certificates and even driver's license. Thank you. Thank you. However, uh, they want official documents to now include the option of non-binary in an effort to keep California at the forefront of the LGBTQ civil rights. That's a good, good point. You know, we're always uh, uh, expected to uh, embrace every one of these things immediately um, when they haven't embraced them yet. No, they have not. You can't even and put it on your, on your, gift, on your gift certificate, on your birth certificate. <laughs> and they also are uh, a, little, a little behind. They have not, uh, it is not specifically the LGBTQ anymore. What do you mean? Uh, we've added a couple of letters. It is the LGBTQIA. What is the I and the A? We've got, got 10 seconds. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual to the list. So even this behind. It's more sites for you to run. So, That's a good start. That's a good answer. I'm a fan of that. Actually.